Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Doo-Wops and Hooligans by Bruno Mars, released in 2010 under Atlantic and Electra Records. And my guest is Farah. Hello. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. And welcome Woo. back to you, Farah, fifth time, a record fifth time on the pod. I'm so excited and I'm so happy that we're able to do this. I miss the pod a lot. Oh, we miss you. The pod misses you right back. Um, Farah is joining us via Zoom as we're still in isolation and, uh, you know, trying to take it one day at a time, trying to make it through. But yeah. um, Farah, it's been a while since you've been on the pod. You were here for episode 17. We talked yep. about Back to Black, Amy Winehouse, the last episode, actually, before we went into quarantine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was just thinking about that too, as I was picking up my Tanqueray for the drink today. <laughs> I was like, man, that was great. Like I had so much fun and I was really looking forward to doing this again, hopefully in person. But um, here we are on the Zoom. On the Zoom. And this works too. Like I'm just happy to have you back. Um, And even though I'm not seeing you in person, it's just nice to see your face and have this interaction. I'm just so happy that you're here. And for our listeners, can you just like let them know a little bit what you've been up to during quarantine, how you've been keeping busy, maybe some of the tunes that have been keeping you going? Oh yeah, for sure. Um... There's the HR response that I give people, which is, oh, I've been meditating a lot, which is true. Like I I have been, um, it's certainly been helping me wind down at the end of the day, since I know it's hard to separate work from home since your work is now your home. But how I've also been kind of keeping myself sane is um, definitely going outside when the weather's nice. I'm really glad the weather's a lot nicer now. I think that was the huge, big thing that was making me really depressed was seeing all my friends on the West Coast, you know, enjoying the sunshine. And here I was in snowing fucking Toronto. Classic and the other thing too is um, drinking. I've been drinking a lot with my roommate. Uh, we've been doing a lot of things together. Uh, we've also been trying to work out together and stuff to balance out the horrible drinking we've been doing. But it's been a lot of that and a lot of like baking and cooking. So we're just getting real domesticated up in this bitch. I mean, like, hey, silver lining. If something comes out of this, it's going to be that we're all coming out domesticated. I made like, I made um, like udon noodles and like peanut <gasps> sauce yesterday. Wow. I was like, who am I? Like, who is this person that I have become? Chef KZ in the house. Oh, yeah. Hey. She's trying. She can make more than cocktails, folks. That's for sure. Woo. Um, and what have you been listening to in quarantine? What's been getting you through this time? <laughs> this is really embarrassing. <laughs> No, I'll tell you my um, embarrassing one after. It's been a lot of viral TikTok songs. <laughs> like Savage? Yes. Um, <laughs> another song that really motivates me is Boys by Lizzo. Oh, good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great song. I really like that Bad Boy song by Young Bay. Young Bay. Young wow. Bay. Just, just listen to it afterwards. Um, I also have Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Wow. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I have a shitty selection of songs right What are you here. talking about? I fucking love Dua Lipa. You take say that back. So, say <laughs> so by Doja Cat. Like, what is wrong with me? I basically turned into a 15-year-old over the course of this quarantine. That's so, okay. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> I've like, so I've been kind of on like a weird kick. Like, I feel like I've been jumping around a lot between stuff that's come out recently because I've been really yeah. engaged in what artists are releasing now, like from yeah. their homes, like all the like Machine Gun Kelly remixes and like shit like that. I've been just been like obsessing over. But then I've also been jumping back to like, I have a, a playlist that's quote unquote called my fuck it playlist, which is basically all my like embarrassing songs that like I play when nobody else is around. Mm, yes we all have those one of the the artists that came out of this was Enrique Iglesias and I've been listening to so much Enrique Iglesias oh my god do you want to know a fun story I love Enrique and I actually asked my roommate 
to go to a concert of his with me before she was my roommate and she didn't want to go but um if he ever comes back to Toronto will you will you go with me Kiara I will be your hero oh I was waiting for it yes (laughs) I got it oh I'm so glad I will definitely go with you as long as Pitbull's not there. I just, I just wanted to be Enrique. Oh my God. Well, I will stand by you forever if you go to this concert with me. So good. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that we're on the same page and like, you've got your embarrassing music. I've got my embarrassing music. We're just trying to make it through again, one day at a time here. But Farah, again, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy to have you here via Zoom. Um, We're going to be talking about Bruno Mars today. I'm stoked. And it's definitely like back to your, I've written in my notes, uh, R&B queen as you, you're the R&B queen. Because when you first came on the pod, you had Usher and JT back to back to back. And I had dubbed you R&B aficionado. And then you did Amy Winehouse and you did Foo Fighters. So you could no longer be the R&B aficionado. But with this, you're kind of like getting back to the roots. You know what I mean? I'm hopping back in. Yes, definitely. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. Get your insight on some of the songs. Um, Before we get into the specifics, though, we got to talk about where did Bruno Mars come from? How did his rise to fame happen? So we're going to talk about that right now. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I don't even know that much about him. So this is going to be interesting for me, too. I'm going to blow your mind. In the the wise words of Gwen Stefani and Eve, let me blow your mind. Yeah. Bruno Mars. His real name, fun fact, is Peter Jean Hernandez. Peter? That makes me think of Family Guy. But like, and like Peter Jean, like he's a very like funky person and he has two of the most boring first names. Peter Jean. Peter Jean Hernandez is his real name. Peter Jean's not my name. (laughs) But he is a singer, songwriter. He's a dancer. He's also um, a multi-instrumentalist. He plays guitar, drums, keyboard, and the bass guitar. And he was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. He got his stage name, Bruno Mars. Uh, His first name came from his dad, who he nicknamed Bruno because he resembled a wrestler named Bruno Sammartino. And then he came up with Mars once he moved to LA because he said that girls thought he was out of this world. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. My eyes could not have rolled back any farther. Okay. <laughs> but cool name. Bruno Mars. It's like, you know, it's two. What is it? Bruno Mars. It's three syllables. I had to count It rolls that. off the tongue. It rolls off the tongue for sure. But he's a very talented guy. He comes from a very musical family and he credits them with his diverse taste in music. His mother was a singer and a dancer. His father performed rock and roll and his uncle was an Elvis impersonator in Waikiki. And when he was four years old, he started to perform with his family in their band called The Love Notes, which I thought was super cute. Aww. Like the Hawaiian version of the Von Trapp family, you know? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> no wonder he's the way that he is because he was in a band called The Love Notes at age four. And he, he continued performing throughout elementary school and into high school. And eventually he moved to LA to pursue a career in music. People started to take note of Bruno in 2009 when he was featured on B.O.B.'s track, Nothing On You. Yes. And then Travi McCoy's track, Billionaire. Yeah. And that led to the release of his debut record, which is the album we're talking about today, Doo-Wops and Hooligans, which came out in 2010. And he released six singles off this record, Just the Way You Are, Grenade, The Lazy Song, Talking to the Moon, Marry You, and Count on Me. The album, though, even without those two songs, the album was a huge success. It debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 chart, and it got nominated for five Grammys. And critics really praised him for showcasing his diverse musical abilities as the album spanned R&B, pop, reggae, and soul. Since Mm. then, Bruno Mars has sold over 130 million albums. Wow. 130 million, which makes him 
one of the top selling male vocalists of all time. And he's also won 11 Grammys. He is quite talented. I will definitely give that to him. Like for sure. Like 11 Grammys. That's like Adele level. I think Adele has like 12, maybe more, but like he's close. You know what I mean? How many does um, Lady Gaga have? Do you know? I actually don't know off the top of my head, but she's like, she won, I think she won Best New Artist or something big back when she like first came out. She must have. She she must have got, she's got like at least, I would say five. She also has an Oscar. So I mean, you know. She's halfway to an EGOT. What is that? Oh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Oh. Like Whoopi Goldberg. She's got, she's an EGOT. Oh, yeah. Yo, y'all learned something new today. Yeah, see? Fun facts. This is what happens on the pod. We're here to learn. We're here to teach. And uh, I hope I taught you something about Bruno Mars. Okay, so Farah, the drink that we're drinking today, we're going to pay homage to the Lazy Song. And we, for ourselves, have made uh, a lazy version of the Tom Collins, which is just called the Lazy Tom. If you want to make yourself a Lazy Tom Collins, you just need two ounces of gin, or you can use vodka if you prefer. Then you need three-quarter shots of lemon juice, and you can top it up with some soda. If you have lemon soda, you can kind of just cheat and do them both at the same time And if you want to be super lazy. Uh, And there you go. You're only one, one ingredient short of a Tom Collins. If you have some simple syrup, throw it on there and make it a full Tom Collins. But if you don't, girl, you're good to go. I definitely did the lazier version. Um, I was running to the liquor store <laughs> with my liquor store blues because today was a tough day. Um, <laughs> and, and I just bought like, um, yeah, like regular lemon soda. I didn't even like bother like mixing things. I just kind of vroom, vroom, like just poured it in. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, damn, like Kiara is like so much better at this. I'm just doing two ingredients. What? Oh my God. No, <laughs> dude, the, the, dude, the true lazy Tom is two ingredients. It's either gin or vodka and the lemon soda. So you, you perfected the recipe. I didn't have lemon soda and I was too lazy to go and buy some. So mm. then I was like, well, I have lemon juice and I have regular soda. So bam. Okay, Farah, can you tell me how you started listening to Bruno Mars in the first place and then what your first impressions of doo and Hooligans was uh, when it came out and listening to it now? Yeah, um, I still remember like first hearing that Bruno Mars song, Billionaire, on the radio and I was in the car and I was like, well, this is a catchy song. This is fun. I want to be a billionaire. Um, it was kind of like that um, Bare Naked Lady song, um, If I Had a Million Dollars. It was yeah. very relatable, very catchy, but a little bit more in my taste because it's, you know, R&B. So that was how I started listening to him. And then he came out with other songs like Nothing On You. And then he released his album. So I was in high school at the time still. Definitely had a huge influence because he was so big at the time. And my school, um, we actually had a dance club. This is really, really cheesy, but... I like where this is going. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. So um, I had a dance squad and um, I won't tell anyone how to find this, but there are YouTube videos out there of me on a dance squad dancing to Bruno Mars, Marry You. Um, We definitely used a lot of his songs in like our dance squad. It was very much hip hop based, but also kind of like poppy dancing because you're in high school. Like it needs to be PG-13, if you know what I mean. PG, pardon me. I was going to say mostly PG. (laughs) Sorry, not PG-13, PG. As you can see, I have no in-between. It's just PG or R. So like (laughs) PG-13 is in the same bucket as PG for me. Anyway, he definitely was a big part of my high school years because we were always listening to him when we would warm up or we would learn a routine to his songs. Now listening to it, um, it definitely screams teenage romance, heartbreak, and just sickeningly sweetness. I don't know if it translated as well um, into my adult life as it did, you know, in my teenage years, because 
there were some songs on there and we'll go into it in a little bit that were definitely like, it felt like it slapped when you were in high school as a teenager. I was waiting. I was waiting for the classic yeah. fair catchphrase. <laughs> it said it slapped. And then this time I'm listening to it in my, in my room, you know, just trying to prep for the podcast. And I'm going, why the hell did I like this? <laughs> And I'm like, I love, I love Bruno Mars. Like, don't get me wrong. Like his later albums, like we were talking about it too. Like his later songs and stuff, even his like collab with Cardi B, like super fucking catchy. But for this album, for some reason was like, you're singing about what now? Like, uh, no offense to Bruno. I actually think he's super talented. Um, I was also doing some research on him as well because I love his dancing. So I realized that he did have the Jabberwockies in his music video for, um, what's that song with Cardi B? Nice. Uh, finesse yeah so i love um, the jabberwockies man america's best dance crew with mario lopez yes yes i was good going on a tangent on instagram and i found out that uh two i think they're ex jabberwockies now helped choreograph the um music video for that so you know he's a talented dancer he's obviously an amazing singer but (laughs) there's just something about this album that screams teenage youtube singer i believe uh when you texted me the other day when you were prepping and you were like i don't want to spoil this for the pod but like teenage me was into major cheese because <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true it, it is true i will 100 percent level with you on that i first started listening to bruno same as you i heard billionaire i remember being like i we were 16 when this album came out and i remember being at a party at my like my my place well not like a party <laughs> Let's be real here. I didn't go to parties, but, um, and I never hosted one, dear God. But, um, I, it was like a get together. My older brother had like his friends over and they were listening to it. And I remember being like, oh, this sounds really cool. And then it was on Glee. They did it on Glee. And I was like, yes. oh, I look, cause I was like so into the Glee, like seasons one and two of Glee were my jam. Same. Um, and I liked him, but at this time, because I was 16 and I was trying to like figure out who I was musically and I was trying to be like, no, I'm more of an indie person now. And I was really leveraging like the people in my friend group and in my high school who I thought were like the cool music people to be like, teach me about like Tokyo Police Club. Like, let me get into that scene. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to, I was trying to get into the indie rock scene a little bit more, which I eventually grew to love very organically. But at that time I was like, oh my God, Bruno Mars is too poppy for me. Like, I don't know. What kind of changed my mind about him though was seeing him perform live. Like you said, he's a fantastic dancer. Like it's so like slick him and he's got like the hooligans, which are like his backup um, band and stuff. They all like are so in sync. Like even, even the guy playing the trumpet, even the guy playing the bass guitar and the guy playing like tambourine or triangle, like whatever he's doing, they're all doing the same thing. And that's really hard to do. And then Bruno's out there like belting and like dancing and doing whatever he's played. Like he played the Super Bowl. He's played at like the Grammys and the AMAs and the billboards. He did like that amazing tribute to Prince where he just like went ham on the guitar. I watched it today because I was like, I need to watch this again. And it was amazing. That's what kind of like drew me into him because I was like, he's just, he's an entertainer. Like he's kind of got the whole package, but his album that I love the most has got to be his most recent 24 Karat Magic. Same. I remember listening to Duops and Hooligans. I remember listening to, what is it? Or- Unorthodox Jukebox, I think is, is mm-hmm. the second, the second one. one. Yeah. And then 24 Karat Magic came out and like post Uptown Funk, right? So then Bruno's gone like full into like the funk route. And then he went like 90s, like R&B with like Versace on the floor and like yeah. Chunky. And then like you said, with Cardi B, they did the remix for Finesse and Perm is like this like James Brown, like riot on that album. So that album, like... When that came out, which was like, I don't know, 2016, 2017, I was like, oh my God, Bruno Mars is amazing. So going back and listening to this album, already having that kind of like funkier Bruno in my head was a little bit disappointing. As I was listening, I kind of grouped Bruno into like three buckets. 
for this album, which was like the sad Bruno, which is like <laughs> grenade. Yeah. And then cute Bruno, like sweet, cute Bruno, which is yep. like just the way you are. Yep. And then funky reggae Bruno, which is like liquor store blues. I'm the same as you. I was a little bit like, wow, I really did not realize how cheesy this record was when I first listened to it as a 16 year old. But now as a 26 year old, I'm like, damn, Kara, you were right to go into the indie rock scene at this time. But he was, he was young, right? So he's, I was, because I was looking at this today, I was curious. So he was 24 when this album came out. That's pretty young. Yeah, that is pretty young. (laughs) So I'm like, his sound has for sure matured to a much more palatable place for me. Yeah, same. And and I think for, for other people, like he wasn't immediately a superstar, but this album came out and people started to be like, they started to take notice. I think when people saw him at the Super Bowl, I think that's when everybody's like minds kind of shifted more towards him being this like crazy triple threat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Again, excited to hear your thoughts on some of the songs too, because I have some opinions. I have some strong opinions. Yeah. Let me get into it. Yeah, let's do it. What's a song that you love off of Duops and Hooligans? Oh my God. I'm going to start off with my most favorite song on this album. And I still remember I got so much flack from my ex-boyfriend in high school about this song and it's just the way you are because it's so cheesy but when you're 16 and like no one's ever really said those things to you you just vibe with it okay that's totally fair so okay so so walk me through this was it your is it still one of your favorite songs off the record um here and there yeah (laughs) you know what it is so it's interesting because it's like one of those songs that like didn't really grow with me but I feel like it's still just as important to talk about as one of my favorites, even if it's like an ex-favorite. 100%. No, 100%. So tell me, so so why do you love it so much? So it's obviously a very genuine, sweet song. Yeah, I think it was like the fact that he's saying, you know, all those th- things about the girl, like her eyes make the stars look like they're not shining. Even as I'm saying this, I want to puke. <laughs> her hair falls perfectly without her trying. She's so beautiful. And I tell her every day and I'm like, I just want so it was you know what it's like it's kind of like when drake is rapping in what was that song can't remember but when he raps sweatpants hair tied chilling with no makeup on that's when you're the prettiest i hope that you don't take it wrong yeah um it's kind of like that where you're like oh my god drake likes me in sweatpants bruno mars just likes the way my hair falls Um, he likes my laugh my laugh is ugly but he likes my laugh anyways yeah exactly It, it was that kind of vibe but on the other side of that too Whatever song Bruno Mars sings, no matter how cheesy the song is, he has pipes and he definitely like delivered on that song. He can belt it. It's great. Like he can definitely carry the tune really well so that it's not just such a simplistic tune. Um, So that was something I really appreciated as well. Oh, for sure. So I, so it's interesting because I, again, I I liked this song, I think when I was in high school, but because I was trying to like rebel musically and I use the word rebel super loosely, super loosely. It's not one of my favorites on the record. I've actually bucketed it into my like skip songs because as it, as it came up when I was prepping this time around, I was like, man, like I know all the words. I know all the words, like I could a hundred percent sing it, but I was really excited for it to be over. Just, it was so cheesy. It's very sweet. It's a very sweet song. The sentiment I can appreciate the line, especially I already mentioned it, but the line, especially where he says like her laugh, her laugh, she hates, but I think it's so sexy as somebody who hates their laugh. I'm like, yes, I'm like you where I'm like, I just want someone to say that to me. I just want someone to think that my laugh is also sexy. Like it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> you're right. I just really want someone to tell me my laugh is sexy even though I sound like a goose 
<laughs> you do not sound like a goose. I promise you that. I'll tell you that, Farah. It might not Thank be you. real, but it'll be me telling you that. The sentiment, I can appreciate the sentiment is there. It's very sweet. This fell into my sweet Bruno bucket, 100%. And it's like super PG. So I think listening to it now, again, post 24 karat magic, I was like, but like, what about Versace on the floor? Like, I was like, where's the sexy Bruno? I know the sexy Bruno didn't like come until later. So we were still in Fedora Bruno at this time. And Fedora, <laughs> Fedora Bruno is not the same as sexy Bruno. Like they're mutually exclusive, you know? Do you remember when fedoras were a thing? Oh, yeah. I had a fedora from Claire's. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I live for that. That's fucking fantastic. Did you have a fedora? No, no. But I had those other, it had like a visor here and then like had the little button at the top. It was oh, like a like, page boy. Yeah. I had one of those. Was it from Claire's? Uh, no, actually it was from Payless. Whoa. Payless. Payless shoe source. Yeah, you man. Know- Okay, do you watch um did you watch like Lonely Island videos? Yeah. So in Golden Rule, it's like got Justin Timberlake and Lady Gaga is like a feature on it. Oh, yes. yes, three, yes. It's like Golden Rule three-way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. a part where he goes like, I just got a page from a girl that I met last week at the Payless shoe source. <laughs> I don't know. As soon as you said Payless, my mind went shoe source, but it did it in like the Andy Samberg like voice and uh and anyways that's just that's the tangent that we decided to go on today but anyways do we have anything else to add about just the way you are no we like it just the way it is (laughs) (laughs) hate you okay i'm gonna go next um i like how i say i'm gonna go next like as if there's like a crowd of people it's just just me and you girl (laughs) kiara who what song do you like now thanks for that farah i gotta start with grenade yeah. Grenade is the first song on the record. Just the way you are is the second song. So you've got two huge hits back to back. Huge songs. Grenade, I wrote down, it's a bop, but a sad bop. And for me, it's like, again, <laughs> it is. It's, it slaps, but sad way, in a sad way. <laughs> um, <It> slaps. <laughs> Sorry, I just, <laughs> the way I heard it was like, it slaps, but sad ways, like sideways, but sad. Oh, that's a new Kiara term. There we go. It slaps sideways. But I do like I do like the general vibe of the song. I love the percussion. It was definitely it was something that I hadn't really noticed before. Like the it's almost like tribal drums that are kind of going throughout the whole song and then they kind of explode in the chorus, which I think is really great. It's got a great backbeat. Uh shows off his vocal abilities for sure, especially like in the bridge where he's like said you love yep. me, you're a liar. Like it's just kind of, you know, it's very crime your river. It's very um <laughs> <laughs> it is, but but like sad Crimea River because in Crimea River, JT is like, fuck you. But in Grenade by Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars is like ready to get hit by a train and throw his hand on a blade and catch a grenade for a woman who won't love him back. There are definitely some lyrics in this song that I liked. Um, but the one that I wrote down, which I felt like was interesting, he says in the first verse, um, should have known you were trouble since the first kiss. Had your eyes wide open. Why Ooh. were they open? Yeah. And so immediately I was like, that is like, come to think of it, that is weird. If you're kissing somebody and they have their eyes open, that is probably a pretty good indicator that like, no, no, I don't want to be with this person because that's weird, right? Like, don't open your eyes. Don't do that. Yeah. I, um, the first thing I wrote here in my notes is firstly, dot, 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 who the fuck kisses with their eyes wide open? Aren't <laughs> they trying to prove a point? Like, I don't understand. What kind of point would they be trying to prove? But also, okay, okay, hear me out. How did he know she or whomever he's kissing had their eyes wide open. So he also had his eyes open. Yeah. So it was doomed from the start, Bruno. 
That is true. That's a really good point. I never thought about like, unless he had like a third party watching to be like, to be like, hey, just keep an eye on her. If she opens her eyes, you let me know. And then it's like one of the hooligans was like, yeah, I got you, Bruno. And then he like took him aside after him was like, man, look, she had her eyes wide open. Why were they open? You know? Fucking bitches, man. <laughs> Fucking bitches. <laughs> um, but so, okay. So do you like this song? I do like the song. I definitely think that's super dramatic though. It's like this diehard love. Like I feel like Bruno was in his like Romeo phase here, you know, where he's like, I would die for you and I would jump in front of a train and put my hand on a blade and all this stuff. He was going through his Romeo phase here. But yeah, I definitely vibed with it because, you know, teenage romance, you know, jumping in front of a train sounds like something that you would want to do because you're in love. I guess. Well, and much like, much like we talked about with just the way you are and how hearing these like beautiful, positive things from a guy is empowering to a woman. Mm -hmm. Also hearing like the lengths he would go to keep you in his life, which unfortunately, you know, culminate in him getting killed or severely injured, maybe losing a finger. Um, (laughs) Girl, I'd lose a finger for you. I would lose a finger. I love you. Yeah. (laughs) Like well, hand on a blade. I mean, like you're losing, you're losing, you're losing a digit. If I try and like harken back to like 16 year old me, I was probably just like, oh, I want that Romeo type love where someone's like, I literally cannot live without you. And if you are with another man, I'm gonna light myself on fire. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of the vibe of this song. So <laughs> we all fucking turned into Amy Winehouse when we, we were teenagers. Do. Yeah, girl. Why do you think we love that album so much? Because she understood. She wanted a Bruno Mars in her life. God bless her soul, Amy. Poignant, but also grew with us, we'll yes. say. But yes. yeah, this was like, a, I want a guy to talk about or, you know, sing something like this to me. He better want to die for me. If he's not dying, I'm not, I'm not buying. <laughs> if he's not dying, I'm not buying. Okay, is there another one you love, Farah? Yeah, let's talk about the Lazy Song. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the lazy song. Cause it's been my anthem during quarantine. I said the same thing. I said me in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will still adhere to the point that um, grenade is the best written song. The lazy song is a close second because it's relatable, but I mean like him just talking about being lazy kind of, you know, celebrating me time is great. And I think that's definitely something that we should all be paying attention to and doing, being lazy because we're in quarantine right now. And yeah, people need breaks. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a, it's almost like a self-care anthem. The self-care anthem. The it kind anthem. of is. It kind of is. Like, I remember hearing it for the first time. I think it's because I saw the video, probably. Um, same thing. Like, I was on, I was watching much music constantly. So it's, it's got to be the video I saw. And like, kind of groundbreaking in the way that it was like a one a one take video like super simple but super effective um it's super playful it doesn't take itself too seriously and it also just like adds in these like little inside jokes like even the whistling like throughout the yeah like I can't I can't whistle but that's exactly what I was yeah that's exactly what I mean like it it adds the little things like that and the little like audio clips where he's like um she's gonna (laughs) scream out this is great oh my god this is great that part yeah (laughs) yes that's that part like I I was like listening to that and I was just like that's funny like you, you don't really hear a lot of that in songs today anyways and it's really easy to learn the words to and sing along to and he he mixes in all these like cultural references like p90x like lounging on the couch just chilling in my snuggie flip Mm -hmm. to mtv so they can teach me how to dougie like remember the dougie oh my god yeah 
I remember the Dougie. Teach you how to Dougie. <laughs> like that was huge. And he just like threw that into a song and it all and it all worked. And it just had this really like cool, acoustic, almost kind of indie-ish Jason Mraz type energy mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I love the lazy song too, but also like, can we please talk about his pies? Cause at the end of the song, like, you know, he kind of does his own art, you know, what R&B artists do, right? And they kind of like sing the lyrics and it's on the melody, but it kind of goes off the melody. Like, I'm not going to try to demonstrate, but, you know, he did a really good job of making the simple song still having some artistic value with it and showing off dem pipes. But can we also touch on the music video? There's monkeys in the music video, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, they are wearing monkey masks. Because they're monkeying around. Oh, I never picked up on that. (laughs) That actually makes a whole lot of sense now. I never understood that. I was like, why are they wearing monkey masks? And why is Bruno like, like, I don't, I never, but that makes sense. Great banger, the lazy song. Well, I wouldn't say it's a banger. It's like a relatable song. Does it slap? It does slap. It especially slaps in this pandemic. Absolutely. 100%. Lazy song is all of us right now. Okay. I will, I'm going to talk about another one I love. I think I'm going to talk about Runaway Baby. Oh, okay. So the reason why I like this one is I think it brought in a lot of elements that I liked about 24 Karat Magic. Like, right. It was very, to me, like hearing this was very um, James Brown-esque. Which, which is the vibe that I get off of his more recent album. And it was like super funky, super fresh, very different from the first three tracks of the album. Because the first three, first three tracks when you listen are Grenade, Just the Way You Are, Our First Time, and then it goes into Runaway Baby. And Runaway Baby is like a ruckus. Like it's, it's got like a lot of energy behind mm-hmm. it and a lot of like guitar and bass and just like run, run, run away, run away, baby. Like it's fast and, and jam-packed with all these like more intricate lyrics and everything. So it gave me more like quintessential Bruno vibes for sure. Made me want to dance. It made me want to jump and just like keep beat and like dance along with Bruno and his dancers. The essence of the song is him telling a girl like girl, you don't want to get messed up in all this business. Like stay away from me. Run, run, run away, baby. Cause soon as soon as we hook up, like there's no going back and like you will be destroyed. Your heart will be broken. That's kind of like what I got from it. Um, (laughs) I was going to say like, he's a dangerous man. Put some money in his pocket. Come on. Like (laughs) I'm a dangerous man. Put some money in my pocket. Keep up. There is a lyric that I really don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, So many eager young bunnies that I'd like to pursue. Now, even though they're eating out the palm of my hand, there's only one carrot and they all got to share it. I and know. I was like, what? I have Why? that one too. <laughs> Ew. It's kind of like disco stick. Like, disco like Lady Gaga. Stick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he went with carrot. Bunny. And I was man. like, Bun-, but also bunnies? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it works in a regular context. Yeah, I... I- I think the song is super catchy, but if you really listen closely to the lyrics, you're just like, what? What? (laughs) A lot of the the lyrics here too, like, don't really translate that well today. Like, another pretty thing ready for me to grab. I'm like, really? I'm a thing? Really? It's 2020. I ain't trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to work you, baby. It's just like, oh. And he repeats that over and over, right? It's like, first of all, like, you ain't trying to hurt me. You're trying to work with me, work me or whatever. He's trying to just hook up. Like, Bruno, I thought you said my laugh was sexy. (laughs) Yeah, like, what what the fuck is this? He was saying all that shit to get to this song where he was like, just kidding. I'm a dangerous man. Y'all got to work with this. Eat this carrot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But the song overall, it's still a song I like. It's got its flaws. 100% it's got its flaws. But I I do like the song overall. Compared to the rest of the songs in the album, it's one I like. So it slapped for you? 
It slapped for me. I would say it slapped for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It was definitely a catchy song. Um, what's another one you like, Farah? You're going to hate me. Oh my but... God. What are you going to say? I swear <laughs> to God, if you say the one I'm thinking of, I'm going to die. Marry you? No, Farah. <laughs> because, okay, so so this is the song. <laughs> this is so bad. The reason why I like the song is not because... I like the concept of getting trashed and getting married. I really like this song because it's nostalgic for me. I did a dance squad routine to this song. There's this San Francisco dance team called Choreo Cookies. And um, they were coming to judge the year that I was doing this routine. And so a lot of their dances have kind of a storyline. So it's like really cute. The choreographers, who were literally just alumni from my university, kind of took that um, influence from choreo cookies and use that as kind of like this cute little storyline where at the end like these two cute little kids get married and you know whatever anyway it was cute at the time we won third I don't know it was fun I love that, that no but that is cute and that and that builds the kind of connection to a song that like I wouldn't know about you at, at first play at the crux of it the song is like it's Las Vegas you're drunk you end up in a drive-in chapel and then you're married and you know you have dancing juice what the fuck is that dancing juice um, i want to say like it's alcohol tequila? maybe oh he says he says patron in the song so maybe tequila tequila makes me dance tequila makes anyone dance yeah, yeah. um uh, and then you know who cares if her trash got a pocket full of cash we can blow is literally me right now except you know we're in a pandemic and i'm blowing my cash on alcohol or like amazon bar. purchases <laughs> Or Amazon purchases. I'm trying to be smart with my money. I'm trying to buy local. So maybe not Amazon, but yeah, it's like. This no, that's really good. I like, you made me like think I was like, yeah, I should probably not be buying as much stuff from Amazon as I've been. <laughs> Hashtag support local. Yay. I love it. Um, but yeah, like this, this song is just, it's hilarious because it makes you think of, you know, being young and frivolous and stupid. And that's something that I'm definitely missing right now being young and frivolous because we can't go outside but being young wild and free i i like that aspect of the song is young it kind of cheesy yes wild and free who sings that um oh my god that was a I big know. tune Snoop Dogg was in it. yeah but who's like the main person no. we are young and wild and free Wiz Khalifa was the, uh, the artist of the Young, Wild, and Free song. We yeah. are young. That's going to be stuck in my head all night now. This, this isn't a song that I, that I love. It's definitely a song that I skip. Again, more so nowadays than probably 16-year-old Kara would have, but it's, it's not one that I love. But what I thought was interesting was I looked up on Genius, just like the backstory. And originally, Bruno and the, one of the primary songwriters, and his name's escaping me right now, but he was saying how when they wrote it, it wasn't intended to be like a sweet marriage song it was intended to be this young wild free like let's go get married <laughs> yeah it was kind of like uh we're in vegas like fuck it let's like screw what our parents think let's go get absolutely trashed or like whatever and let's just get married because we're gonna rebel against society we're gonna rebel against anybody who said we couldn't make it but then it became this very wholesome jam and then glee picked it up glee used it again you know what i mean <laughs> so bruno tried to be a badass and it just goes whoop, straight back to cute and cuddly every time he tried it just it he couldn't escape the wholesomeness and so that's probably why he had to come out with something as like quote-unquote explicit as versace on the floor he's like nah 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 sister you're not taking my you're not taking my jam and making it g-rated this time <laughs> yeah and you know what just knowing that backstory like i can stand behind the song a little bit more now because i i do a like 
that they were trying to go against the grain against society because I think that's kind of what my anti-social construct typical do the norm like white picket fence life mantra is like I, I like that they're trying to you know celebrate being a degenerate and even though it, it did get translated to more of a, a g-rated bop I think the way that they wrote it was smart for the masses. It's again, similar to just the way you are in lazy song. It's really easy to learn. A lot of it is like repetition and like just mimicking sounds. So he says like, got a little chapel, like we can go. Whoa, whoa. And then it's like shots of patrol. Don't say no, 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 no. Just say, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's, it's very easy to learn. Again, I know all the words, even though I wish I didn't, but that makes it a good pop song. Like, I'm sorry, in 2010, you wanted a song that was going to get stuck in people's heads. And man, did this get stuck in people's heads. I think that was like most of his like big hits, right? Like it was like candy. It was so easy to consume. People got it. It wasn't complex. Enter Uptown Funk, which is like one of the most successful songs of all time. I love that song. So yeah. good. Mark Ronson. Oh, yeah, Mark Ronson. Love mm. that. Even as a precursor to something as big as Uptown Funk, Marry You, Just the Way You Are, Grenade, those are huge songs. Like, those will go down in the history of pop music for yeah. sure. The history of pop music, indeed. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely established himself as an amazing artist. All right, Kiara, I think we should flip the switch to songs that we don't like so much. Let's flip the switch, Farrah. What's a song that you don't love off this record? What's a song you skip? Our First Time. Same. Why do you hate it? Um, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Just a bit. It's Just a, a tad. Uncom- it's a lot of uncomfortable. I mean, I feel like anyone's first time is uncomfortable. And I won't go into personal details, but... Let's just talk about the song because I'm getting uncomfortable as I'm talking about this. It, it's just like, it's cute. But then he's all like, just go with it. He sings, just go with just it. Just go with it. I think it's probably the worst thing you could ever say to somebody in that situation. Just go with it. Just go with Yeah. And I'm just like, well, like, consent. Yeah. Talk about things. Communicate. Like, what? And then when he sings, don't it feel good, baby? It literally makes me think of some horny teenage boy. The girl or the guy or whomever is just awkwardly lying there like, no. (laughs) So I'm with you. This song is not, is definitely not one of my favorites. This was Bruno's attempt to be sexy, Mm -hmm. but not like, but again, not like Justin Timberlake or Usher sexy. It was like, Boys to men sexy. Kind of. But boys to men is sexier than this. Because but okay, but let's think back to boys to men, I'll make love to you. Yes. This song to me is very reminiscent of that song. Boys (laughs) to men is better, for sure. For sure, the boys to men song is better. Don't say this in front of me. Oh my god, no. not the same level for me but it's kind of the same hello i'll make i'll make love to you like you want me to and i'll hold you tight it's kind of the same yeah okay and like throw your clothes on the floor i'm gonna take my clothes off too i made plans to be with you like it's the same thing hear me out okay boys to men i feel like these are grown ass men, okay? They are the boys who have already become the men. It's setting the scene, okay? Okay. Bruno Mars is like, just go with it. Don't it feel good, baby? And it's just like, yeah, like awkward. This is like awkward first time versus like expert level, you know what you're doing, coitus. 
think that's the first time coitus has ever been used on the pod. Congrats, Farah. Another milestone for you. The one, okay, so the, the credit that I will give Bruno in this song, yes, it's super awkward to listen to. The consent piece, because I do want to go back to that because I think that's important. He does say, is that all right? Is that okay? At some point. And that's I was true. like, all right. Like, that's not bad. Like, we're getting there. Close. Similar to Runaway Baby, I did have a problem with the lyrics. There's an, a line where he says, like ice cream on a sunny day gonna eat you before you melt away. And I was like, is ice cream really the best comparison for a woman? Like cold and like melts in the sun. Like, don't you want to be something spicy? <laughs> if a guy came up to you and he was like, girl, you're like a soft serve cone over, like, over there looking like a snack. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, when you say looking like a snack, then yes. But yeah, I do agree being melted a melted milky mess is not something I want to be compared to. Yeah, like, girl, you a DQ blizzard. I don't want to be your blizzard. Gross. That sounds like something straight out of Mad TV. Like, girl, you a DQ blizzard. Can I have your number? Can, Can I, I have, have it? You? you know what, Bruno? This was like his awkward adolescence. We all went through it, you know, and then he had his glow up. Unorthodox jukebox and then 24 Karat was the, the main event, the glow up. Oh, yeah, because... Versace on the floor is the better version of our first time. Because Versace exactly. on the floor, it's literally like, I'll unzip the back and watch it fall while I kiss your neck and shoulders. Like, that's like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to undo the dress. He's getting it done. Yes, that is the boys to men comparison. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah. So definitely not my favorite. I'm going to go next. Yeah. We talked about a lot of the songs that I really don't like already, but one that I got to say that I hate, Ooh. that I hate maybe more than Marry You and Just The Way You Are, yeah. Count On Me. Oh, yeah. That's uh... I hate it. Here we go back to cutesy, sweet, G-rated Bruno. Mm-hmm. Not for me. I can't buy it. The melody is like, it makes me think that he thinks I'm stupid. You can count on me like one, two, three. I'm like, this isn't Sesame Street. No, <laughs> I was not happy listening to this song. I immediately skipped it. No, I was no, gonna ma'am. Say, I was going to say this song sounds like it should have been featured in like a children's album. It's definitely got some better lyricism than Baby Shark, but definitely Mildly. could appeal to children. And it teaches them how to count to three. So even better. At least with the other cutesy Bruno songs, it was like, they were cutesy Bruno because it was Bruno talking to like somebody he was attracted to. Mm-hmm. With Count On Me, it's like a friendship ballad. Yeah. And yeah. I struggle sometimes with friendship ballads because they can be really good. Like we just did an yeah. episode on Arkells and Arkells has a great friendship song called A Song For Pete. But like with this one, I was just like, I just don't buy it. This song sounds like a type of song you would propose to someone with you know, that person is trying to get out of the friend zone because they would sail the world to find you, but you can count on them to show up with a limo on the day of prom with the boutier, you know? And it's kind of like dancing this like weird line of being like, you can count on me, but also like, I just really want to be with you. I'm in love with you. (laughs) Do you have any more that you hate, Farah? (laughs) Talking to the moon. Talking to the moon. You know what? I actually had this as more of a neutral, but tell me why you skip it. Talking to the moon is a great ballad. And like he plays the piano and whatever, but I just feel like it sounds like he's singing to like his star-crossed lover. And for some reason they can't be together or they've, you know, gone through like a separation or a breakup and- Or maybe they're in quarantine. Quarantine lovers. Yes, I like that. And he's singing. He's talking to the moon in hopes that his quarantine lover, I'm pointing to my window, 
you know, his quarantine lover is also singing to the moon. It sounds like some sort of like cute legend. It's cute enough where it's wholesome and it's genuine, but it's not like so overboard, like just the way you are and and marry you and count on me was. It's more simple. I guess like I I like it because it's a little bit more um, diluted. Yeah. I suppose. Harmonies are good in there. A lot of dude harmonies. 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 Harmonies, if you will. It's like a sad jam, sad jam light, you know? Like it's not not really (laughs) a sad jam. Not as sad as grenade. But it's not happy. Sad jam light. So Farah, we've talked a lot today about the songs we love, about the songs that we hate with burning Mm. passions. Tell me how you feel about the album now in general and what rating you're going to give it out of five. So as we mentioned before, Bruno Mars is extremely talented. I'm going to start with the good, okay? He's extremely talented, great dancer, singer. What else was I going to say? Musician. He's the trifecta. But this album does not grow with you as much as I thought it would translate into my adulthood i it did not very much teenage teen bops which i loved at the time and enjoyed it at the time when it was appropriate but upon further analysis i would say did not slap as hard as i thought it was going to um when we were going to do this podcast so get ready for it the cold hard truth okay i give this two tom collins lazy toms out of five I will match that rating. I oh was my God. It, I was thinking it too. I was thinking it too, man. And I, it, it pains me to say it because, but so, he, so here's my thing. I'm giving this album a two out of five because like you said, listening to it 10 years later, it didn't resonate with me in the same way. And there are so many albums that we've talked about from even, hey, like we talked about Foo Fighters. That was a 97 album that we talked about and it still yes. fucking slaps. So if I may steal your catchphrase for a moment. No, it's, <laughs> it's your catchphrase. It's our catchphrase. It's a... Uh, KGD catchphrase. Oh, We're thank you. Patent all these. I think what Bruno has done well is even though this album isn't my favorite effort that he's put out, is that he's grown up and he's matured in such a great way. And he's like found his stride. Like it, it went from him kind of pandering to the masses and being like, I'm going to put out these really poppy teeny bopper hits just to please the, the pop music people to him being like, no, you know what? My sound is like funk and 90s R&B. And that's what I'm good at. And that's what I excel at. And that's what I'm going to do. And then he made a whole album about it, which was 24 Karat Magic. And when he performs it, like you can just tell, like it's Mm -hmm. him, like he found his identity. And this was a case of identity crisis. Lowest rating so far on Kiara Gets Drunk. And I I was thinking about that too, when I was rating this in my head, uh, when I was preparing and I was like, you know what? It's probably good that we have some variety. We're not all giving them like three and a half, fours and fives, because we got to talk about the stuff that was influential to us back in the day when we were growing up, but maybe don't translate as well now. Sometimes we got to come here for the beef. Yeah, we, we do. Got, we, had, we had beef with this record. We had grain fed beef with this record. <laughs> Going back to it. <laughs> grain fed beef, Bruno. Grain fed beef, Bruno. But Peter. Thank- Peter Jean. Well, look, Farah, we're at the end of our podcast. I just wanted to thank you so much again for coming on via Zoom, for being such an amazing guest like you always are, and for talking about this album with me. I miss you so much, and I just hope you're staying healthy and staying safe. Thanks, you too. I miss you too. I can't wait till we can be back together again soon. And I can't wait to have you back for a sixth time. And hopefully it's in person. I hope so too. Oh, man. But if not, we'll make this work.